0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish, and as always, I'm so grateful that you're here, that you're listening. Um, This week, I want to talk about rest as practice. And like many of you listening, I lead a full life. I work outside the home. I work inside the home. I have a couple of kids at home still, and we're always juggling activities and homework. Um, as the pandemic lifts, it seems that our social calendar is getting fuller than it has been in a couple of years. And while that's wonderful, it's still, you know, we're getting used to that. Um, I spend a lot of time getting groceries and running errands, and I try to make time to move my body every day. And like you, it just seems like I juggle a lot, and on my to-do list every day, um, rest, even if it's written, doesn't always take priority. It's one of those items on my to-do list that even if I write it, and sometimes I do, it seems easy to just transfer to the next day's list. And so last week on the podcast, I spoke with the wonderful Octavia Rahim about her gospel of rest. This topic I felt was so important to our well-being that I wanted to dedicate today to talking more about it. And so if you haven't had a chance to listen, To episode 26, which was last week, I encourage you to do so. And if her words resonate and her presence resonate with you, um, her books gather and pause rest be are just so wonderful and accessible and lovely. I encourage you to read them. Um, There was a time in my own life, about 12 years ago, when I was really burned out at work. My youngest, James, was a little less than a year old, and he was doing well, thank God, but He was in and out of the hospital a bunch um, over the first year and a half of his life, just with some health issues that were sort of left over from um, being premature. And at that time in my life, I was still attempting to juggle full-time medicine. I was um, operating weekly and juggling work with motherhood because James is the youngest of four children and his um, ongoing um, health issues that would rise up uh, from time to time That whole balance was just not going well at that time. Um, There would be weeks that I would have to cancel clinics and surgery unexpectedly if he was hospitalized and that I would then kind of overload my clinics and my surgery schedule the next week. And I was stressed and I had this foreboding sense that I needed to set something down, but I was also stubborn and unwilling and still of the mindset like that I could do it all. Um, but my body was telling me another story, and so my body broke down multiple times during that year. One day, my husband and I were at this beautiful um, retreat or hotel. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it in northern Wisconsin called Canoe Bay. We were like going for a little getaway, and it was lovely. Except, I woke up that morning, and my face was swollen. And it turned out that I developed a terrible facial cellulitis and a tooth abscess. And shortly after that, I developed a bulging cervical disc. So one day I couldn't lift my head or my my arm, um, and that sent me flat on my back. Like I couldn't move in my bed for a number of days. But then I bounced back up, and a few months after that, I developed um, a case of ascending cholangitis, which is potentially life-threatening. Uh, it required emergency surgery. I had to have my gallbladder rem- removed, and then they had to observe me to see if they were going to have to do more um, more surgery or if I was going to develop pancreatitis. And uh, I remember thinking that I was like one of those Weeble toys, like Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. So I would get knocked down, and then I would hop back up, just determined that all of the things that I was trying to do were doable, and I was going to do them. And I was recovering from that last surgery and feeling pretty worn out. But I was still adamant talking about, you know, uh, when I'm going to go back to work. And Jim, my really wonderful husband, who's so supportive, I remember him sitting on my side of the bed because I was laying recovering in bed. And he just looked at me really lovingly, and he said, do you think... Do you think you have to get struck by lightning to set down work for a while? Like what other sign from the universe could you possibly need? And at that moment, I remember it was like an exhale. I just gave myself permission to step away from work for a while. And um, that may sound like dramatic, but you, I'm guessing, have your own version of this story, your own version of resistance, of, you know, trying to do so much, um, trying to keep all the balls in the air, often at your own expense. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's mental. Like, what are you giving up in your life? Is it good sleep? Is it um, rest? Is it just that you're living in a sense of overwhelm and stress all the time just to keep up with this imaginary bar that society has set that you're supposed to live up to. And so we can come to rest willingly, or I truly believe the universe will take us there kicking and screaming as it did me. And what I know now looking back is that preemptive rest before the two by four um, is so much better. And so then the question is, well, why do some of us resist so hard? And I think part of that is because rest isn't really sexy. It's not rewarded. Society doesn't you know, give us medals for taking a much-needed nap or a walk or drinking our tea slowly as we listen to the birds on our back deck. Octavia's definition of rest last week I thought was really beautiful. She said, rest is doing one thing at a time. And so there's this question, when was the last time that you intentionally did one thing at a time? So just take a moment to think about that. Think about the last few days. When did you just do one thing at a time? And if you can't remember, have compassion for yourself because I don't think you're alone. I think most of us are multitasking most of our waking moments. And rest, I think the the return to rest, how do we begin? It's as simple as even for five minutes a day, doing one thing at a time. So how do you drink your coffee or your tea in the morning? Do you sit in the stillness of the early morning house and just drink and sort of maybe look at the morning sky? Or are you scrolling on your phone while you're packing lunches and running around picking up the house and getting ready for the day? And then you look at your cup and you've reached the bottom of your coffee or your tea and you can't really remember how you got there. Rest in a little stillness. Go a long way to helping us from feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. Rest is this way to support our nervous system, to reset our nervous system. It also improves our immune system. It decreases inflammation in the body. It enhances our energy and our mood, and it helps us remember what it is we love about life. The pause that rest requires often only makes it to the top of our to-do list when something happens to knock us out of that routine. So in in my case, an illness or multiple signs from my body that all was not well, um, or a tragedy or an injury. And even then, many of us feel like we're somehow being punished when we're forced to rest. And yet, we can intentionally begin a practice of rest when things are still going pretty well. We We can prioritize rest on the ordinary full days of our lives. We can carve out a few minutes to close our eyes and breathe for five minutes or five breaths. We can drink our tea or coffee. We can eat our meals free of distractions. We can walk on the earth daily, a simple walk without AirPods. Inspiration comes out of rest. Great ideas and answers to questions that have eluded us during our busy days often emerge from the rest. Memories rise that may need tending and sorting. Undigested grief makes itself known. And our bodies repair and heal themselves when we're resting. Rest is so key to our well-being that I think it's time that rest takes more of a center stage in our lives. In Octavia Rahim's first book, Gather, um, it's a series of kind of short phrases or questions, and then she responds. So it's, it's almost like a book of poetry. It's, it's short, but really potent. And one of my favorite entries is this. She says, how much longer will you be too busy to fully enter into your own life? And she writes, stick out your tongue, allow the infinite nectar of joy to drip there. Nothing is in the void. And so is everything. The cosmic market is always open. Will you keep circling the door? How much longer will you be too busy to fully enter into your own life? Will you keep passing your blessings by? I know of a place. We can go there and pause. Let go. Soften down. Empty of conditioning. We fill up with our truth. In that place, our needs are already covered. There, the only question is, Beloved, what do you want? Another teacher or writer that I think is really wise on the idea of rest is someone by the name Jeff Foster, and he's written a number of books. One of my favorites is The Way of Rest, Finding the Courage to Hold Everything in Love, and I just want to read a short entry Um, that he wrote called, These Are the Days. These are the days of our lives. No other days are coming. These are the days. The days in which we meet each other, talk or do not talk, feel what we feel as much as we can feel it, take the paths we take to the destinations we dreamed about when we could still dream and believe in dreams, eat when we eat, sleep when we sleep, love as much as we can, But these are the days, the days of ordinariness and miracles, the days of breathing, the days when blood pumps through our veins, the days that seem to last forever, the days that seem to never end, the days where we remain close to life, feel its warmth, its tenderness and its ferocity, the days where anything seems possible The days where we sit together drinking jasmine tea or elderflower or Earl Grey or nothing, watching the world go by, ourselves part of the world going by, watching. Days that make up a life, days to be lived. I am in love with these days given freely, days to play, to wonder, to seek or not seek, to ask, to remember or forget, but days nonetheless days whose preciousness is rooted in their own impermanence, whose fragility and solidity seem inseparable. Do not forget these days, and in particular this day, the one you inhabit, the one that holds you where you are, as a mother holds her little one, breathless yet robust, pink and tiny and perfect, not without flaws, but loved because of them. If I am only given one more day, let it be this day, Only day I have ever known, and let me love it the way it has loved me for all of these days. And so, my friend, as as Octavia asked us, how much longer will you be too busy to fully enter into your own life? I wanted to repeat, you know, or offer another episode on rest because it's fleeting, it's elusive, and we don't prioritize it. Octavia Rahim prioritizes it, and after I sat down um, work years ago, and you know had to nourish and get my body back to health, and um, and mother, and do all the things, I for a time really prioritized rest. Um, I find time for stillness every day in meditation, but yet <laughs> there are you know there are lots of days where. I'm running around and I have a to-do list. And and, um, besides that early morning meditation, I'm not remembering to do one thing at a time. And so if we remember nothing else from the last two episodes of this podcast, it's how can we find ways in our busy days to just do one thing at a time? Let's begin there. Let's eat when we're eating and drink tea when we're drinking tea. And when we're walking outside, we don't have to be talking on the phone and listening to a podcast. Let's just listen to the sounds around us. What if it's just that easy to begin? So until next time, onward in love, Avin.